0: You are listening to Good Monkey, a sermon series by Pastor Bay Allen. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Faith on 68. I am Pastor Bay. For those of you that I don't know, it is great to be with you today in the house of the Lord. Uh, We are continuing our Good Monkey series. And some of you may be, what's Good Monkey? Well, this is a Good Monkey right here. If you have any sock monkeys or even stuffed animals, anything that uh, we can just pour some love into during this series, we're going to deliver these to hospitalized and shut-ins. So make sure you bring these in. Um, It's just a great extension of this series in a way. The only thing that really actually deals with monkeys (laughs) Because the series, for the most part, deals with us. Um, We are looking at the things that we hear, the things that we see, the things that we speak. And originally this was going to be a three-part series, but you know, I decided it goes beyond those three little monkeys sitting on a tree. We're going to look today at what happens through the hands. We're looking at what we do and what we are called to do as the people of God. Um, So we're going to jump right in. I encourage you to turn with me in your Bibles or an applicable app on your smartphones or tablets. We are turning to Romans chapter 7. Verse 15, for your convenience, it is also on the screen. We read, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now I'm going to tell you a story as I've been doing throughout this series. I hope you've been enjoying the stories. Jesus often taught with stories. Uh, this story is a little more modern and perhaps some of you can relate to it. There once lived a boy who loved to fish. Every weekend, if you looked for this boy, he would be out on the lake fishing. His little bobber sitting on the surface of the lake, just kind of sitting there, and it would duck duck under every now and then when a fish would bite, so he'd know when to pull it up to catch a fish, right? That's kind of the art of fishing. Well, this boy who loved to fish had a problem. You see, whenever he would actually catch the fish, he hated to just. He hated to touch it. He he just he could not pull himself to grab this slimy, scaly fish that was on the end of his hook, um, and so that was a problem. He couldn't grab the fish by the mouth, so he couldn't remove the hook. So, in other words, there's all kinds of pierced fish swimming around in this lake um, with nice little lip rings. He would just cut off the line and he would tie a new one on. And well, one day he was out fishing. And he pulled something out of the water. It wasn't a fish. It was a lamp. A genie's lamp. He knew because he'd seen one on TV. And he'd never seen one in real life, but he knew what it was. So he pulled it off of his line. He began to dry it off, began to rub it, and a genie popped up. We know the story. For releasing me, I will grant you wishes three. Right? We know how the story goes. So the boy, he knew exactly what he wanted right away. He looked at his, his little minuscule fishing rod and his lunch box, tackle box, and he said, I wish, I wish for all of the best gear a fisherman could hope for. Your wish shall be granted. And before his eyes, he saw the lake filled with boats, He saw the best fishing rod that money could buy sitting right there next to him at his feet. He saw this gorgeous tackle box. You open it up, it's got everything you need it. Spinners, uh, you know, shiny spinners, whatever you need. Hand-done lures for if he was fly fishing. Everything that a fisherman could ever hope for. It was right there. So he said, all right, I'm going to put this to use. And he goes over and he casts his line. And he sits back. And he sits there. Not a nibble, not a bite. So our boy rubs the lamp. The genie pops up, says, are you ready for your second wish, master? The boy says, yes, I am. I wish for a magical rod that whenever I toss the line into the lake, it catches without fail. Like prize fishes every time. Your wish shall be granted. Before his eyes, that best top of the line fishing pole turns to gold, and he's like, oh yeah, I'm not even putting bait on this bad boy, I wanna test it. So he takes it and he tosses that bear hook onto the water as soon as it skims the surface. The biggest bass you've ever seen jumps up and grabs a hold of that bear hook. And he reels it in, no struggle. It's like he's bringing in a minnow. It's such an easy, easy thing to do. But then, he reels it in and he has a problem. Because our boy can't stand touching a fish. He just can't stand it. So once again, he rubs the lamp. Are you ready for your third and final wish, my young master? Says the genie. Yes, I am, he says. I wish my dad were here. I wish my dad were here to fish with me. No sooner did the genie disappear, his dad's massive arm reached over and grabbed that massive bass by the lip, took the hook out, showed it to his son. It was a prize fish, and he just released it into the water. The boys just stand there. Not so much that he released the bass, but that his dad's actually there fishing with him. He was just in awe. Things start to tick within his mind, and he stares at his dad, his dad picks up this genie lamp and he just, he doesn't throw it. He rubs it. and As he does, the genie pops out. Are you ready for your second wish, my old master? The boy's like, what? Second wish? The dad says, I wish that all my boy needs is his dad. And not all this stuff. Your wish is granted. (laughs) With that, all the boats disappeared. The shiny rod withered back into his rod that he had earlier. His tackle turned back into a lunchbox. And he stood there staring at his dad. His dad threw the genie's lamp into the middle of the lake. He turned to his boy and he said, Son, how did it feel to catch the biggest fish in the water? He said, Dad, it was awesome said it was awesome, but why did you let him go? And why did you let all my stuff go? <laughs> my rod, my, my everything, why did you let it go? And also, the genie seemed to know you, and he said that that was your second wish. Whatever happened to the first wish? And he said, son, years ago, I loved to fish, just like you. This was my spot. I used to fish right here. And one day, just like you, I reeled in that genie lamp, and I rubbed it, and the genie popped out, and I made one wish. The son said, what was it? What was the wish? And He said, I wished for you. I wished for you. Then I threw the genie back in the lake. I didn't need any of the other wishes. The dad picked up the boy's old fishing pole off the ground, dusted it off, handed it to him. He said, son, you don't need any of that stuff. Everything you need, you have right here. What do you say we catch ourselves a fish? So he cast the line way out far into the lake and handed it to his son. They sat there until the sun sank into the lake with nothing to show for it at the end of the day, but a stronger relationship. The kind of thing that no fisherman could hope to catch, no matter how great the tackle, how great the gear. That's how it is. Our day's scripture today, it says, I don't really understand myself. For I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote these words, and I don't know about you, but these words resonate with me in my life from time to time. This particular section of Scripture, if you read that entire chapter there, Paul's going around and around twisting this same sentence many different ways. I know what to do, but I don't do it. I don't want to do what I do. He's in turmoil. He's coming to grips with the fact that he's having a hard time doing what he is supposed to do. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Sometimes we do things just to keep us busy. Sometimes we do things because we should. Sometimes we do things because we think it would make us happy. We think it would satisfy us. It's like the boy fishing on the lake. The very thing he loves to do, he's afraid to actually do it. When you look at the entirety of fishing, he's afraid to actually do it. And perhaps you can relate to the boy in our story. Something looks good on the surface. (laughs) I've been there. Fishing looks great. It sounds great. You see it on TV, it's great. But getting eaten alive by mosquitoes isn't all that fun. And sometimes stabbing a grub on a hook, it's not all that glamorous. Getting grimy hands, grabbing scaly fish, it's, it's not the most joyful thing to do, you know. It doesn't sound that pleasant when you get down to it. Fishing does. To say, I'm going fishing, oh, I have a good time. Fishing is fun, but there are parts of it that aren't. There are parts of it that aren't, right? Now, the boy in our story wanted to catch a fish, wanted to catch the biggest fish with the best gear possible, but when it came down to it, he could have wished for his magical rod to have this magical release mechanism so he would never have to touch the fish. Could have wished for gloves. I mean, anything. But no, he wished for his dad, right? His dad, the one thing in this entire equation that did not deal with fishing. What if? in life, we get our equation wrong? What if we get the equation completely wrong? As children, often many of us were told, which of these shapes don't belong? What if we get it wrong? What if out of three shapes, only one belongs and the other two are out of place? And I say this realizing that this certain test has caused some social issues over the years with some social exclusivity and things like that. But hear me out, because I'm speaking of fishers and men. I'm speaking of fishers and women. In our story, the gear, the rod, everything dealt with fishing, but the dad, the dad was just there to be dad. To help the boy fish. What if the reason the boy was fishing to begin with wasn't to catch the fish? What if it was To share that experience with his dad? If that was the piece that belonged? What if the reason things like fishing exist in the first place so that people can form relationships, not just catch a good bass or a walleye? What if Paul is having a hard time knowing what to do but not doing it because he got so caught up in the details, maybe he lost sight of the original purpose? We have been blessed. With these wonderful things called hands. They come in many shapes and sizes. But only yours are yours. You have hands that are unique to you. With fingerprints that are unique to you. And we often use them to do the very things that we know we should not do. We often use them to spend time on the lake in search of the very thing we detest grabbing a hold of in the first place. We waste our time, we waste our energy, idle hands holding the idols that we have made. And the Apostle Paul was not alone when he wrote these words. I'm sure if we're honest about it, we all have things that we have done or are doing that in the process we're wasting this gift right here that we have been given. We're wasting it. We are to become the hands and feet of Christ. In our families, in our communities, in our world, that is our mission. Last week, we looked at First Peter 4:11. you know, when you speak as oracles of God, when you serve, serve with the strength God supplies, right? That was last week. we spent time with that. Do me a favor, turn to your neighbor and say, "Show me your hands. Say, Show me your hands. Say, "God needs your hands. God needs them." God needs your hands to work mightily in the world. So give them over to God. You don't need the fancy fishing rod. The one you have is going to work just fine. You know, what if you're not intended to catch the big fish? What if you're intended to catch the small fish? What if that's you? Because you can't even stand holding that small fish. I don't think you're ready for that big one. Luke 16.10 says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. In short, God needs your hands. Not your dream hands. God needs your hands. And I pray that you don't mind getting them a little bit dirty. Because so much of the work that we are called to do as the church is not glamorous by this world's standards. So do not be afraid to get your hands dirty for God. Doctors, surgeons, if they were afraid to touch blood, there'd be a lot less healing going on in this world. So Christian, disciple, if you don't roll up your sleeves and help your neighbor shoulder the weight that they're they're carrying, there's going to be a whole lot less healing going on in this world. Don't be afraid to get your hands dirty. Someone say, God needs your hands. Amen. Amen. Christ Jesus wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Jesus Christ, he ate with sinners. Jesus Christ went out of his way to help the people society segregated that they were afraid of. These were unclean people, often inside and out. Lepers. A disease that was rotting the flesh off of people's very bodies. These people were cursed by society. They were cursed at. They were ignored. They were ostracized. They had their own communities outside of town. So no one had to see them. They had to cover themselves over, cover their faces, because what would happen if somebody in civilized community saw them? Jesus touched them. Jesus healed them. Jesus made them clean. Jesus wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. A woman... Many of you know this story, this encounter with Jesus. A woman approached Jesus who had been bleeding continuously for 12 years. Think of that, ladies, 12 years. They didn't have plumbing like we do today. They didn't have showers like we do today, or entire aisles at Walmart dedicated to feminine hygiene products. She felt dirty. She felt unwanted. She felt stinky. People mocked her and joked her. Jesus healed her. Made her clean. Jesus wasn't afraid to get his hands dirty. Show me your hands. Show him. Raise them high. God needs those hands. God needs those hands. The Apostle Paul is not alone when he writes, I don't really understand myself, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. In the church, it is easy to say, I really want to reach new people for Christ. It is really easy to say, You know, I want to see more youth at our church. You know, I want to see a youth group for our church. I want to see a youth group that takes place on Sunday nights. And sometimes it's easy for us to get caught in the fishing. The picture of fishing. And it's fun to fish, but there's also a part of fishing that is dirty. There's a part of fishing that is difficult, that takes work. And when you come to realize that such a thing also takes place in what you're doing in the church... There's no amount of gear. There's no amount of cool new Bible studies for groups. There's uh, not enough emerging and relevant songs of worship that will ever do, that can ever do what a relationship is intended to do. Okay, In relationship with God, with each other. It's about being a part of God being in relationship with the world as well. God's in relationship with the world on a one-on-one basis, in an intimate way, but also a big portion of how God is at work in the world is through relationships. Plural. God has children. Plural. God made us for relationship. So I'm closing here. Show me your hands. God needs those hands. God needs those hands. Don't be afraid of the fish. Your father's there. He'll grab it. Where there was no way, God made a way. Through the loving act of sacrifice of Jesus Christ, our Lord. God said, you don't need all that stuff. You just need me. You just need me. When it's all said and done, this is about relationship. The worship team is going to come up. And we're going to enter into a little bit of what that means about when things get stripped away and we simply come together in worship. We simply come to God. That's the heart of worship. More than a song. More than the things we've made it. Show me your hands, church. Church. God needs those hands. So as you leave, may God pour a blessing upon your hands so that you bless others outside of these doors, out in our communities, in your families, so that when they see you at work, they see God at work. Go with peace, grace, and love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.